My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a Domino podcast with my friend, Dan White. And for five years, we have brought you the very best of the network, but it's time for a change. Now, we don't just confine ourselves to Vinnie Mac, bring you AEW, Impact, NJPW, and all the latest for the British wrestling scene. But we will still bring you all our old favourites, including NXT Update, Takeovers and live shows for the Big Four. This year we will decide who is the greatest British wrestler in the world, plus so much more. But until we watch everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's Dublin 278, but before we do anything, we're just going to have a quick uh, update on the uh, situation... Situation. ...that's been going down recently. And W announced Monday that WrestleMania 36, which was scheduled for April 5th at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida, will move to the W Performance Centre because of concerns regarding the coronavirus pandemic. In coordination with local partners and government officials, WrestleMania and all related events in Tampa Bay will not take place, the promotion said in a statement. However, WrestleMania will still stream live on Sunday, April the 5th on WWE Network and will be available on pay-per-view. Only essential personnel will be on the closed set at WWE's training facility in Orlando, Florida. To be- well, the decision comes after several major professional sports. Major professional sports. Uh, including the NBA, NHL and the MLS, suspended operations to protect against the further spread of COVID-19. In a time of change due to the coronavirus pandemic, WWE announced this Wednesday's NXT on USA show will break format from their usual presentation. A statement released to this website said it will air as regularly scheduled in a modified format with elements ranging from in-depth character profiles and story breakdowns, interviews and content. The show will likely be from Stamford, Connecticut rather than the WWE Performance Centre and will feature no live matches. The reason for the format change isn't clear. It's also unknown whether this will be a one-week change or the standard going forward. And at this time, AEW is running live from uh, Daily's Pace in Jacksonville, Florida. This Wednesday with a full slate of matches. And WWE is moving this Friday's SmackDown and next Monday's Raw to the Performance Centre as well as this year's WrestleMania, also in front of no fans with limited personnel in the building. But what about TakeOver? WWE issued a statement confirming NXT TakeOver Tampa and the 2020 Hall of Fame ceremony will not take place during WrestleMania weekend. Well, WWE was hoping to stage the Hall of Fame later in the year. Well, that solves one problem, but does not tell us what happened to the matches originally set up for TakeOver. Luckily, this is an easy problem to fix. Well, NXT specials are not the same as pay-per-views like WrestleMania, and WWE can simply put those matches on regular upcoming episodes of NXT. An entirely new card for the TakeOver event. Well, all this is speculation, though we won't know what WWE intends to do until it issues another statement. So, on to the Hall of Fame, and the Hall of Fame ceremony potentially postponed until SummerSlam. Yeah, along with WrestleMania 36 shift to Orlando, WWE cancelled all the public events for WrestleMania weekend. As a result, the Hall of Fame ceremony is on hold indefinitely. 
Well, Georgia Smith, daughter of 2020 inductee Davey Boy Smith, tweeted the promotion may be looking at the weekend of SummerSlam on August the 23rd tentative window. She said, just a heads up, I've spoken with WWE and they are postponing the Hall of Fame for a later date and hoping to do it for SummerSlam, which would be appropriate for my dad. Thanks again for all your support. Let's all stay safe out there. Well, SummerSlam would be a logical alternative. Yeah, I mean, it falls well beyond the current CDC recommendation, allows WWE a few months to see whether the virus pandemic has de-escalated to the point where major celebrations are possible. Major celebrations are possible. And SummerSlam has also become the second biggest Canada behind WrestleMania. But it's quite annoying for me because I actually did work on the Hall of Fame script <laughs> at the weekend. And then I was like, oh, for God's sake. Well, you can keep it for... It's in the bank now, isn't it? It is. It is. Well, as WWE has turned to the no-fan shows and the state of this is WrestleMania is in question, other wrestling companies in North America have suspended events altogether in response to the coronavirus outbreak. As some areas go to lockdown, the spread of COVID-19 has caused Impact Wrestling to postpone its March lockdown in Ontario and its March 29th breakdown event in Michigan. Impact has yet to make an announcement about the fate of their events in April, including its TNA throwback WrestleMania weekend event, There's No Place Like Home. Here's how Impact presented the situation, situation. on its website. Well, it's, uh, it's quite convenient that it was called lockdown, wasn't it? <laughs> but, yeah, they said, we continue to monitor the situation, situation actively and are reviewing the recommendations from the appropriate government agencies and local communities. Particularly, too, there's no place like home scheduled for April the 3rd and rebellion scheduled for April 19th. Other promotions are taking similar measures in a statement from Dave Lagania. The NWA announced it's suspending normal operations until June as far as any live performances, including the Crockett Cup pay-per-view on April 19th and the NWA power taping schedule for the following days. The Ghana added that we will continue to produce content in the interim and thank fans in advance for their continued support. Well, Major League Wrestling has suspended... <coughs> Major League Wrestling... <laughs> no, it's just a cough, I swear. Well, Major League Wrestling has suspended promoting live events for 45 days effective immediately as the league continues to assess the impact of the coronavirus pandemic. And their rescheduled April 18th event in Chicago for June 12th. Ring of Honor has cancelled its anniversary show past the present events this month, but has yet to announce any changes to events in April, including its WrestleMania weekend Supercard of Honor show. The Lucha Libre world is now beginning to feel the impact of the pandemic as well, with the bands putting effort in some areas of Mexico largest company affected so far is CMLL which has suspended shows for the time being meanwhile All Elite Wrestling continues to respond to event bans by saying it will relocate episodes of Dynamite and return to a planned location later in the year the first three days of Dynamite in April, for April in Milwaukee, St. Louis and Boston have been relocated. AEW has yet to announce they will broadcast on these days, but it's very possible we're at a clear home-based building like the Performance Centre in which to hold the shows. They're still figuring that out. But we do know these episodes of AEW Dynamite will look like upcoming episodes of WTV shows have no fans in attendance. The company says Dynamite will be produced at closed-set locations with essential personnel only until further notice. AEW Wrestling, AEW President and CEO Tony Khan announced that Blood and Guts, a special episode of AEW Dynamite that was scheduled to air on Wednesday, March 25th, in light of the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. Khan said that AEW's regular televised Dynamite shows, which are co without fans until further notice, will still air on TNT at 8pm on Wednesdays. Well, Khan thanked AEW fans and partners for compliments received after AEW aired its first show, Sans Fans, on March 18th in Jacksonville, Florida's daily place before proceeding into the rest of his statement. We plan to continue answering the 
calling with live weekly shows every Wednesday night. Time and circumstances aren't right for the card we have planned next week for Blood and Guts. That show will happen when the time is right, but you can count on instead... This coming Wednesday night is a great live episode of AEW Dynamite featuring Chris Jericho confronting Matt Hardy face-to-face, one-on-one for the first time ever, and a tremendous night of wrestling action. Yeah, and of course we saw, it was a great episode of Dynamite that happened as well, because we saw Brody Lee, aka Luke Harper, being exalted one as well. Uh, so it was a good show, it's a shame. But in the meantime, to AEW Dynamite this Wednesday, please follow them on social media to find out what's happening and when they're going to be on the road, hopefully as soon as possible. Yes, they said, thank you for making this all possible for everyone here at AEW. It's a dream come true to be able to do these shows for all of you. All the episode schedules feature the first Blood and Guts match in the promotion's history between the two dueling stables, the Elite and the Inner Circle. Your objective of the Blood and Guts match is force your opponent to submit or surrender. Of course, no pins or countouts allowed. It was not confirmed whether a parking lot fight between the Lucha Brothers and best friend tag teams, as well as the Lumberjack match with Wardlow taking place, uh, taking on Luchasaurus, would take place as scheduled on Wednesday. But at least AEW are now taking some action. But WrestleMania 36 back to WWE will be about what have become annual traditions. Well, Ryan Satin confirmed the pay-per-view card won't include the men's and women's battle royals to limit the amount of superstars gathering in the ring. Yeah, according to multiple sources, the annual Andre the Giant Royal Battle Royal and the women's battle royal matches are pulled from the card to abide by CDC and government recommendations as much as possible while producing the event. Well, for the first time ever, WrestleMania will also take place over two nights with former New England Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski serving as the host. I oh, know, I hated this news. According to post wrestlers John Pollock, WWE may tape the showcase of over the next week. They air pay-per-view April 4th and 5th on the WWE Network. And of course, our live show for Saturday and Sunday, because we'll bring you both parts of WrestleMania, but of course, if the situation gets worse... Situation. Then we're going to have to think about it, but I, I think we'll definitely be have a live presence at the weekend at the moment. So like we said, we planned three episodes that day, already the Hall of Fame's gone, of course, TakeOver as well. Uh, and like we said, it's, it's not important at the moment, really, when you think about it, it's just making sure you stay in as well. I think that is the, the kind of the, the serious thing right now. Yes, we're missing, you know, some of our favourite sports and uh, pro. Of course, like I said, wrestling is still ongoing as well. And uh, just stay in, you know, for your self-isolation. Cool to listen to the WNR podcast. I think that's been the best advice. And what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Because it's kind of got more and more, more serious as the weeks have gone on. It has, yes. It is, um, it is a very serious case. And, uh, you know, it's just follow the follow the advice, you know, stay safe, isolate yourself as much as possible, stay indoors, binge listen to the WNR podcast from the very beginning, the days of Dwayne, through the day, uh, days of Jared, all the way through to when it improves after he leaves, and it's just me and good old JR. Exactly. We have done 275 episodes, so there's a lot to go back and listen to as well. But speaking about WrestleMania 36, given the limited scope of it, a smaller card would make sense with WrestleMania having split WrestleMania 36 across two days. Fans would be naturally wondering what matches would be taking place on what day. W.com has now revealed what fans can expect specific matches to take place. And seeing this, this is a preview of WWE's official website, stated the date. Well, as it stands, the WWE Universe can expect Brock Lesnar's WWE Championship defence against Drew McIntyre to close Saturday, April the 4th. The WWE Universal Championship match between Goldberg and Roman Reigns will round out the weekend on Sunday. Yeah, so the current card is on Saturday. Of course, the main event will be Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre. 
Uh, it'll be NXT Women's Championship, Rhea Ripley, who is the champion, versus Charlotte Flair. Versus AJ Styles. And Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. And then Sunday night, you've got the Universal Championship, Goldberg versus Reigns. Raw Women's Championship, Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. John Cena versus The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. It's worth noting that although each match is listed as taking place at the WWE Performance Centre, WWE intends to broadcast WrestleMania from multiple locations. And as of right now, WWE's plan SmackDown last night is to, subs- is to take the two subsequent SmackDown set for March 27th or third to be taped over the next two days at the Performance Centre in Orlando. However, it is not clear at this time if both tape shows will be completed tomorrow or how that process will work. Also, right now, there will be a Raw show tape Monday with a subsequent March 30th Raw tape Tuesday also at the Performance Centre. WrestleMania is likely being taped, but that decision is being kept secret. Of note, WWE did remove the word live as opposed to the streaming live, which had, pre- which had it previously been on its website. Very few companies are in the loop on the WrestleMania live versus tape decision, including... Most of the talent, which knows no more than anyone else. Yeah, which is, it's, like I said, it's a strange times. Another couple of matches have been added. We've got Elias versus Baron Corbin, and then the six-pack elimination match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. That's Lacey Evans, Sasha Banks, Naomi, Dana Brooks, Snooker, and, of course, Bailey. So they will be on either night. So it looks like we're going to have a 10-match car for Mania, Dan. What are your thoughts on that over two nights? Um, I'm glad, honest. I think it's good. Uh, you know, there was obviously rumours that it was going to be Edge versus Randy Orton as well in kind of like a retribution match. And having, like, kind of Edge coming down to the ring for his first match in years, you know, just imagine the pop that that match would have got. And, you know, it kind of... It seems... A shame to kind of, you know, not be able to get that atmosphere out of it, hence why they probably left it off the car. Uh, well, it looks like it's probably going to be added to it now, so that'll probably be there. And you include, like I said, but it is going to be a shame with the fan noise. Like, will they go? They're going to try and change it up a little bit and, uh, you know, maybe tape some stuff. Maybe the edge water thing will happen, you know, around the areas, you know, with kind of stunts. It's a shame McIntyre's not going to get if he does win that reaction. Again, as well, as well you, know. you know, yeah, I was just about to go on to say that if, if, if he does get the victory over Brock Lesnar, you know, just uh, it wouldn't feel the same, would it? You know, watching uh, I watched a bit of Raw and it's like Austin saying, give me a hell yeah. And it's just like dead <laughs> yeah. silence. It's like fucking hell. You know, it kind of sounds like a Mojo Rawley promo when there's actually fans in the building. Yeah, uh, no, I was, I was, that was a horrible with a Gronk on SmackDown. But I mean, the, the thing is about it is at the moment they need to tape as much stuff because you don't know when they're actually going to be told you can't do this anymore. Especially with the kind of, you know, we forget these uh, athletes as well. Especially with like kind of, you've got a lot of single matches. The women's matches only kind of multi-person. You're thinking that's quite a lot of people involved in that. But still, it's WrestleMania. Vince McMahon always says show gone. He carried on the show when Eddie Guerrero died, when... Um, Owen Hart died during a pay-per-view and, of course, the whole Chris Benoit thing as well. So, you know, that's what it's about, business first, I suppose. Uh, the current plan for NXT is unknown. As of yesterday, there was hoping of doing a regular show as opposed to the studio-style interview show they did this past week. But nothing further has been confirmed. We will say next week we will bring you NXT update because with no takeover on the horizon, we'll, we'll just bring it to you. If they do a special episode, we'll bring it when we can. This marks out this time this time and place... Uh, for our live weekend, we'll be live Saturday for the first part of WrestleMania, Sunday for the second part, and then Wednesday and Saturday we'll release parts one and two. And if anything changes, like we said, we'll be updated. This is kind of um, 
like I said, it's, it's interesting times, isn't it, Dan? You know, and after all the seriousness, we can try have some fun and actually deliver a fun episode. And it's to do it this time, is it really? You know. Well, no, James, you've given me one shot, and I'm I'm not going to let you down, James. I've been working hard for my mystery WrestleMania, so I'm going to go in and do my uh, my alternate intro. And this is uh, well, it's said by David Mills, and he said, "I've been trying to figure something in my head, and maybe you can help me out." Yeah. When a person is insane, as you clearly are, do you know that you're insane? Maybe you're just sitting around reading guns, sitting in your own feces. Do you stop and go, wow, it is f- amazing how fucking crazy I really am, yeah? Do you guys do that? I give you one alternate intro, and that's what you do. Well, I've, I've kind of given it... It's, it's <laughs> what a, is even it about? It's a nod to what I've done last night. It is a nod <laughs> to a film that kind of relates to... The WrestleMania that I've mysteriously chosen. Right, so it's Dan's mystery WrestleMania. We have it all year. I should say one thing, though. I mean, about the current WrestleMania, it's marks the first time in WWE history that WrestleMania will be effectively take place behind closed doors. It's the second time that the market show has changed venues, Dan. WrestleMania 7 in Los Angeles went from Los Angeles Coliseum to Los Angeles Millwood Sports Arena. But tell me, what is your mystery, WrestleMania? Well, I'll tell you first that the quote was from the film Seven. Oh. So I'm doing WrestleMania 28. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were on the same wavelength. <laughs> no, it is, of course, WrestleMania 7. And, you know, there was a lot of calls for me to do WrestleMania 10, as I'd done 20 and 30 previously. But I thought, no, fuck what the fans want. I'm doing what the fuck I like. So we have got nothing in front of us, maybe a Wikipedia page here or there, but I'm going to try and do this most from memory as well. So Dale's Mystery WrestleMania, why don't you present to us exactly what we've got ahead? Right, well, it is March 24th, 1991. It is WrestleMania 7. WrestleMania! Is that Vince McMahon? Yeah, it's Vince McMahon with the intro. So yes, Dan, why have you picked WrestleMania 7 as your mystery one? Um, I, I think there's uh, there's a few... Good moments in there. There's a few good matches. It's, you know, start the very first match in Undertaker's streak as well. Yeah. Do you know, I think WrestleMania 7 is quite an underrated WrestleMania in, in some ways. Don't get me wrong, you know, when you want kind of five-star matches, I think WrestleMania 7 maybe delivers in that way. Well, we'll find out how it goes on. Like I said, we are strapped in and ready. So we've got nothing in front of us. I'm going to try and do this from memory. I'm trying to remember... And, of course, here comes Chuck Norris into the ring. That is Chuck no, Norris, isn't it's it? It's Willie Nelson, oh, James. I get confused. They all look and the same. I, I think he's a bit confused because he's got a pair of Bret Hart sunglasses over a Hulk Hogan bandana wearing a WrestleMania 7 jumper. And he's got an Elias neckerchief as well, which is quite nice. His name is Elias. Do you like Willie? I love Willie. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do most nights hear you in your room enjoying Willie. That's what I do. Uh, it's quite it's quite a surprise to see him at WrestleMania. Well, let's give Willie the respect it deserves. Right, he deserves. All right, so I'm going to try and amaze you with my WrestleMania knowledge here. You're going to fact the shit out of me. Fact you. To WrestleMania 7. Right, so what is known about it, like we said, it was a scene which would have uh, had about 100,000 people, which would have been the biggest WrestleMania of all time. But this was slap bang in the middle of the Gulf War, of course, with uh, Iraq and Iran. And, of course, Vince McMahon, being the ever-opportunist, saw Sergeant Slaughter teaming up with Saddam Hussein uh, in pictures and uh, trying to turn 
uh, you know, against the American people. Called Sergeant Slaughter, known for GI Joe. You know, back in the day. Yeah. You know how great Sergeant Slaughter was. Interesting enough, back in nineteen eighty, I think it was nineteen eighty three, nineteen eighty two, Sergeant Slaughter uh, was one of the first guys he, he wanted to start a union for the wrestlers and uh, to try and protect everybody to get paid in health insurance. He went up to Hulk Hogan and said, come on, I've got this idea. You're the big star right now. What do you think? Hogan's like, I think it's a great idea. Hogan left the locker room, went right into Mr. McMahon's office and said, Sergeant Slaughter was trying to start a union. He was fired and blacklisted up until 1991 when he came back and was involved in this storyline. So I'm going to tell you a couple of things about the people involved here. Yes, indeed, yes. And I'm sure the match between the two of them is going to be very personal. Well, yes, I think it is. But Hogan wanted Slaughter to come back because he wanted to be able to beat the guy who was kind of known as the All-American as well, as you see with the kind of red, white and blue. His mate show, America is as good, uh, is better than anything else. So is this um, is this something that kind of would be around nowadays? You know, it's like you've got the Gulf War and you've got kind of like an Iraqi sim. You know, would that kind of work into play now you know you kind of got like a uh, who who are enemies at the moment well you know like we said WWE did the thing with the terrorists didn't they and uh, I, I say that like Mohammed Hassan and that type of, of character there uh, but it's it, it's I think nowadays you can't do it just because if you look at the roster in itself the amount of um, kind of what's the word I'm looking for like different nationality compared to what it was back in the day back in the day now you know it's all Americans and stuff like this now, you know, you look at people like Cesare, you look at people like, you know, the Canadians involved, the British people, Seamus, a few others. And speaking of all Americans, Dan, get one of your favourites coming out here. Hello! We'll try to enjoy ourselves watching WrestleMania 7. He's coming out to join Gruen Le Mans soon on commentary. Interesting fact about hacksaw. It is not a hacksaw that cuts wood. It is a wood saw. A hacksaw cuts metal. So why does he carry a 2 by 4 then? I don't know. Should be carrying a lump of two by four metal. And uh, Gorilla Monsoon. Fun fact about him: not actually a gorilla. <laughs> That's just fucking. No, I'm not. I'm not buying that. Well, I, do you know what? Like I said, WrestleMania Seven. What I like about it is, as as you see, kind of go along you, the, the people involved in it. Maybe you know, just at the start of their careers, and in even the main event. Like I said, there's two main event matches. Two. We've, we've got Slaughter and Hogan. What's the other? Major match now. The other major match is Warrior versus Macho Man Randy Savage. A career-ending match. The loser, their career is over. And they'll probably be shipped off to WCW. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, Warrior beat Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 6 for the WF Championship. But his run wasn't maybe as good as people had thought. Maybe it wasn't as Hogan as, pe- as the fans wanted. They came to the Royal Rumble thanks to interference from the Macho King. Which cost the Warrior in a match against Sergeant Slaughter. And, um, you know, a very energetic tag team uh, being interviewed by Sean Mooney. It is the Rockers, Marty Gennetti and Sean Michaels. And you may recognise Sean Michaels as a man who uh, who kind of went on to have a very prolific solo career. He was right at well, me. And yeah, part he? of groups. He was, he was, well, he was right. Mr. WrestleMania. Yeah. And uh, I love the mullet. That is definitely... Is without all <laughs> doubt, without any doubt whatsoever... A mullet. I think Marty's mullet is better than Sean's mullet. Yeah, I, I do. I think Sean's got. I mean, but I mean, blonde. You don't expect that, you know. When you, you don't know, but you know, there's uh, there was definitely no shortage of hairspray around the locker, the rockers' locker, well, the rocker room. Is that <laughs> James? Don't be taking a mick out of Asians now. Oh, I'm sorry. They're lovely. 
Well, they will be going against Haku and Barbarian. I can see. It's all your favourites. You love Haku and Barbarian. Of course, I the most know. dangerous move in wrestling. The Togan death grip. And we got the Fink as well. Bobby the Brain. Hey. That's why he's Without on. doubt, probably the greatest manager has ever lived. Without doubt. Should be on commentary, but it's too busy managing. Now look at the size of Haku and Barbarian. Barbarian is a monster. I love the Jake the Snake uh, Roberts quote about Haku. He said, if he was 50 foot away from him in a tank with a gun with one bullet, Jake would shoot himself in the head. And that's how tough Haku is. Look at the Rockers. My well, God. They are like the very early young bucks. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the best kind of... But they're just so kind of flashes. Well, even their outfits, you know, they're kind of black and green that they've got, the strings coming off. And I think young bucks, yeah, would, would be very similar. The fans definitely love them. So we'll see how uh, a young Shawn Michaels works the ring at this moment in his career and life. Right, uh, I mean, Marty Jannetty is a fantastic talent as well. I actually saw him in uh, like a arena with like 100 people in uh, when I was a kid and someone said to me like, do you know what, he used to be as good as Shawn Michaels. And, and it's true, even the Rockers days, when you look, Jannetty had a little bit uh, size on Shawn Michaels yeah. and it was just because he kept fucking up. They brought Jannetty back to feud with Michaels over the IC title and beat him. And just because of like, the drug use and uh, all that kind of stuff, he, they kept blowing opportunity after opportunity, you know? So do you think that the uh, the opportunities that was afforded to Michaels could have actually gone to Marty Jannetty? I think without a shadow You know, doubt, in an alternate universe... Jannetty could have been... His boyhood dream could have come true at WrestleMania, you know? Like, that's <laughs> he could have been having, you know, amazing <laughs> seven-star matches against The Undertaker towards the end of his career... I mean, you know, when he you could be an NXT trainer, you know what you, you'd say about. Well, look at these four guys. Which one would be a future WF champion, Dan? Which one would you pick out of the four? Because it's obvious that the, the least at the moment, if you just to watch this, but probably would be Shawn Michaels, even though he's bounded about the ring. Well, you know, I would say that, but on the size of him, the barbarian, the yeah. fucking bloke is an absolute machine. <laughs> he looks huge. And Michaels has started quick, though. He's trying to take Haku down. Well, that kind of come unstuck quite quickly, trying to give each other arm ringers. A bit of an exchange, and then a thumb to the eye from Haku, followed by a Samoan headbutt from that big Samoan noggin. We you know how strong the headbutt is of a Samoan, how strong their heads are. Indeed, yes. And if this headbutt was performed in Samoa, <laughs> in the Isle of Samoa, it would be 20 times more devastating. Jannetty gets a tag in, though, and that is Rockers teaming up. Oh, oh well, and that is classic Rockers going down as well. Barbe- uh, they, you know, lovely double-arm takedown on Haku. Uh, very elegant by uh, the Rockers, nipping up, and then they get taken out by the Barbarian with a double clothesline, and then the Rockers come back into it, dueling super kicks. I mean, you know, you could actually swear that the Young Bucks have ripped off the Rockers gimmick. A lot of tag teams have... Uh, you think about what rests now today. Yeah, but a lot of them haven't got fucking tassels hanging off them as well. Look, the Rockers are doing it there. They've got tassels. Yeah, well, They're the nipping up dueling. They're doing everything dueling together. The Rockers are the Rockers, aren't they? You know, like And the say. Young Bucks are imitating the Rockers. But they say imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. And Barbarian's in and out of Janetti. And the Barbarian is all over Janetti. Well, as I say, that Janetti makes a comeback, slides between the legs, and he's doing the best he can, but an Irish whip gets turned round. But Janetti, sunset flip on Barbarian, trying to get the big man down. Oh, and the Barbarian looking to just punch Janetti in the face, Janetti moving out the way in time. And he hasn't broken any hearts yet, Sean Michaels, has he? No. 
He's not thrown his partner through the uh, bulb shop window. Is that what made him the heartbreak kid? Yeah. And Gilletti and Michael's working over the barbarian. Well, he's ducking and jiving at this moment in time. And they'd go on to uh, WCW after this as well, be the face of the fear. We've seen it a few times on Nitro. Didn't really work out. You know, obviously, Ming, mm. as he became. <laughs> <laughs> but it's quite funny because Ming was employed until the dying days of uh, WCW. Because they was too scared to <laughs> fire. It's actually a true story. I mean, you know, that's why they say Vince McMahon has got big grapefruits because he actually said, Haku, you're fired. He probably said, uh, <laughs> if you don't mind, we'll give you $10 million <laughs> if you do not work for us ever again. And Heenan there has been in charge of so many great tag teams directing traffic now. And with a bit of double teaming, the uh, the hills in Haku and Barbarian have kind of taken over now, kind of pandering to the crowd as hills did back in them days, you know, putting their hands up and just getting a unanimous boo. No one really likes them at all. Right, uh, but you can see with Janetti as well as Michael's the way they're bumping around as well, trying to make everything an impact. And the fans definitely invested in this. I mean, it was scheduled for about 100,000. I think it's about 16,000 in there. But they're definitely making a noise. Um, both the Barbarian and Haku have kind of got Janetti around the throat, got him in the hills corner, looking for a quick exchange of tags between the two big monsters of men. And I don't think he did get the tag in there, but the referee seems to allow it. But Janetti catches him with a flying crossbody into a cover, but only a two count. <laughs> and again, Haku is up on the <laughs> offence. And I don't think he's holding back with his shots. Irish whip just sends Janetti... Into the corner. Hasn't quite got the HBK corner bounce down yet. You know, he just kind of hit the corner and flopped down, whereas HBK would have been over the top rope (laughs) and in the first row. And you've got the brains, Bobby, the Heenan, in the corner, the weasel. Honestly, WrestleMania is made special with Heenan being there. There's such an impact over the event. There's such an impact in WWF, especially during this time, you know, Kind of any bad guy coming in managed by him would mean a lot more. As Jeanette has been beating on now for the past few minutes. He's got the classic bear hugging now with the barbarian on Jeanette. Squeezing the life out of the smaller, younger competitor. And Jeanette is desperate trying to fight out, trying to get to his corner. Is everyone in this match actually representing a mullet? You've got kind of like different stages. You've got Sean Michaels <laughs> and Marty Jeanette with their... Uh, Kind of classic style mullet. The Barbarian with his uh, curly kind of mullet. And Haku with, wow, just I mean the mullet. If Haku said to me he was uh, bald, uh, I would agree with him. You know, like, yeah. wherever he chooses hair to be, as Barbarian just breaks Janetti with a huge power slam going up top now. And he's going to squash the Rockers. Oh, comes down with a diving headbutt of sorts. But Janetti, luckily enough, managing to move out of the way. He just needs to get to the corner. Shawn Michaels is raring for a tag in. Haku gets the tag. Yes, and so does Janetti. And Michaels is in and he found fire, baby. And you can see hints of Shawn Michaels. Even the back elbow and the punches. Diving cross body. Like I said, at the start of such an incredible career. Nice net breaker. But every offensive move Haku gets hit with, he's up before the opponent. Yeah, and kind of like he is the definition of no sell. And you can guarantee if the Rockers get the victory, Haku isn't eaten. But Janetti in to help Michaels out. He's got Haku into a pin, but now the Barbarian comes in and breaks it up. Now, referee losing a bit of control, but nice double drop kick takes the Barbarian out. 
Double clothesline takes Haku down. Now both rockers going up. Drop kick by Janetti. Michael's off top flying cross body. Gets the quick victory. And he gets the win. Over Haku, rockers win. What Fucking hell. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, you know, it was a very high energetic match. Um, you know, the rockers, I probably would have put them down for the victory, you know, being the baby faces, being, you know, this is kind of like a, a We Love American show, kick it off the right way with like an American duo tag team, getting the victory. Certainly wasn't your can style classic. I don't know if that was because of the opponents that the Rockers were facing. We know that the Rockers, you know, in their early kind of exchanges, they have got so much talent and, you know, they are both going to go on to have amazing careers. Yeah, that, uh, and even Haku and Barbera look quite good. It's a good way to start off WrestleMania. Regis Feldman. Mm-hmm. Who's in how many? He's WrestleMania oh, 7 as well. Earthquake. He tipped over a pizza delivery truck and everything inside, apparently. That's what Regis said. That sounds very likely. Well, I'm glad they gave Marla a lot of lines. She trains in a men's locker room, though. Well, well, apparently she hasn't got any experience holding a mic. Well, actually, when she first held it, she kind of had it with both hands, kind of angled towards her face. Not Alex Trebek. I mean, my God, the celebrities they had back in the day, you know? Regis, some woman with a booth, and Alex Trebek. Wow. A close personal friend of Mean Jeans, but called him Jim. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, everybody's a good friend. I can't believe this is 29 years ago now. 29 years. Where has the time gone? They're all dead now. No, no, no. Probably the vast majority are, but... A lot of these fans we're have probably seen off. Up we're here to have fun. Forget about all the seriousness stuff. Hopefully we can do that next. Oh, good. But Dino Bravo, yeah. He got murdered in his own home. <laughs> Fun fact about Dino Bravo. He got murdered in his own home. Yeah, make you laugh. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I may, who's going to be his opponent? Come on. Exactly who we wanted. One of Dan's favourites. It is, yes. <laughs> it is the Texas Tornado. Funny story about that tornado. He killed himself. <laughs> So keeping it light and airy, one of them got murdered in his own home and the other one killed himself. At least Mouth of the South is still alive. Yes, he is. And what a le- <laughs> Texas tornado. Kerry Von Eric. At this point in his career, um, he'd lost already lost one of his legs. It's his feet. He's actually wearing a pathetic in this match, believe it or not. And really? What a- yeah, honest to goodness, he is, yeah. His right leg. And he sent it outside to tonight. But I think he's in great shape and he's a great worker. Of course, he beat Ric Flair for the uh, NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Went to WF and really never had that success and kind of got into a whirlwind of depression. Von Erichs, of course, very sad story. Oh, well, yeah, it is kind of one of the most tragic stories ever, the Von Erich family. But the Von Erichs and Dino Bravo both featured on uh, controversial characters. You can go back and listen to that, uh, that we've done. Of course, we've done most ridiculous as well if you want a little bit of a cheer up. <laughs> yeah maybe not going to happen in this match but um, can't get any worse it's not Owen Hart versus Benoit next is oh, it? so enough. you know Dino Bravo with a huge uh, couple of chops to the chest of Texas Tornado and again managers do you think we missed managers a lot of managers back then I, do, I, I loved managers I thought it was absolutely brilliant you know <clears throat> Bobby the Brain uh, Mouth of the South Jimmy Hart Sherry Martel you know absolutely brilliant well, Texas Tornado running the ropes, ducking under the close-on attempts from Bravo, but gets caught in a sidewalk slam into a cover to... No, Tornado with a kick out. Ah, uh, it's been all Bravo these past couple of minutes. Bravo, Dino. 
Well, sometimes you've got no one to hold them. No one to fold them. No one to walk away. No one to run. Of course, the match that we didn't show, it was uh, another one, Coco Beware. Go, and go, he defeated beware. the Brooklyn Brawler on the, on the dark match. Wow. Wow, I didn't know that. Oh my God, wait a minute, Dan, look, it's a claw. Yes, the dreaded claw. He's got the claw. Dino Bravo's in a lot of trouble. I mean, as big and muscly as you are, you can't escape the claw. Man, Bravo in, is going out. Texas Tornado with his spinning punch. One, two, three. And that was over the rather quickly. <laughs> yep, job done, really. Texas Tornado gets a WrestleMania victory. So you'll oh, always have that. Always have that in his... Um... But he looked great, didn't he? Who'd have thought? Looks in absolutely phenomenal shape, you know. But again, you can't quite tell what kind of personal demons people have. Well, let's hope the next two wrestlers or the next match that we have... Is a little bit happier. But yeah, Texas Tornado it wins this one in the crowd. I've been into it so far. Do you know, it reminds me a bit of WrestleMania 3 where you got, you know, matches that just kind of skips along. Oh my God. The Warlord. With Slick. Rick. Hey, with Slick. Another manager. Was this a racist portrayal of a man back in the day, do you reckon? Was he just like a pimp? <laughs> Slightly, but you know, it was... Uh... He was happy doing it. <laughs> oh, was he? That's good. <laughs> as long as he was happy doing it. Well, the Warlord. I think predating, especially with the mask. No wrestlers escaped his full Nelson, Dan. Do you know that? <laughs> That's not a euphemism. Well, I wouldn't want his half Nelson anyway. What? Oh, Matilda. <sighs> oh, it's oh. a shame that bulldog is dead. Oh, come on. Not Davy Boy, I mean... Oh, right, okay. <clears throat> oh, poor. Poor Matilda. Look how cute she is. And she likes getting her strokes on the British Bulldog. She does, yes. It's Winston, not fucking Matilda. I'm such an idiot sometimes. <sighs> Matilda's when it was the Bulldogs. Winston with the British Bulldog. But the Warlord has the uh, full Nelson and no one's ever broken it before. No, well, you know, he is going up against a formidable force in the British Bulldog. And I see why you picked WrestleMania's World Calls Course Hall of Famer as well this year, Dan. You have uh, some... Uh, some inklings as to what's going on. You and, know? In, and in the world of all Americans at this moment in time, you've got the British man coming out here, representing and getting cheered like all the American baby faces as well. Absolutely. And you can, you can definitely tell, like, you know, there is a vast difference between the baby faces and the heels here. You know, you've not got any tweeners. You are strictly one or the other. And, you know, in this kind of time, they was kind of keeping it in kayfabe as well. Well, thing, just think, for the last seven WrestleManias, Hulk Hogan has main event. He's going to main event this one tonight. So they're still going off that kind of rock and wrestling, that kind of hope as well. As you can see, it's diluted a little bit because of the characters, but it's still there. You know, this is before 92 is when the shit hits the fan. This is kind of the last big hurrah. Look at the size of the Bulldog and the Warlord. I mean, I cannot confirm or deny that either of them have or have not taken any performance enhancing drugs. Um, yes, it doesn't look like they have much. No, I mean, the Bulldog is massive at this point. Of course, unfortunately, both of these um, would die early deaths as well. And it's, it's a shame, really, as well, because do you blame, you know, the kind of the way wrestling was back then? Were people made to take it to be bigger? Or is it a personal choice? With Bulldog, he had a lot of personal demons, Dan, didn't he? 
What your he thoughts? did. Do you think yes. it's the demons that finally got him. Or? Um, I, I believe so. Yeah, you know, it is again a huge tragedy, and trying to keep it light and airy. And the last two matches, three of them have been dead. Yeah, but great power there by the bulldog, taking Warlord outside and getting talked to by Slick. And Bulldog is literally bursting with muscle. He is, yeah. But the the Warlord, I mean, he is a huge monster of a man. You know, you you imagine Stone Cold Steve Austin. Taller on steroids, and yeah. you kind of got the look of the Warlord. But a Bulldog trying to get the Crucifix in, but Warlord just dropping down onto his back in a Samoan drop type effort and just completely squashing the Bulldog. Bouncing off the ropes and dropping the elbow straight to the heart of Davy Boy. This is how big men should wrestle, isn't it? This is the old style. This is <laughs> third elbow drop on the bounce into a cover. And again, another heel and another heel manager. My bulldog managing to get to his feet. But the fans are invested. It's a story as well. It's not just the wrestling. It's a, that's changed a lot more over time, I think. It, it, it has indeed, yeah. You know, the fans, not a mobile phone in sight, James. And it's a very simple story. You know, can Warlord beat the bull, bulldog so he can power slam anybody as well? It's, it's Sometimes it's not about what happened during the matches to finish as well. Yeah, it's, you know, the... The Bulldog says he can power slam anyone. The Warlord says no one has ever broken out of his uh, full Nelson finisher. Which one will break first? And Bulldog ducking underneath the clothesline, but getting caught by the Warlord and just thrown throat first over the top rope. Just a huge clubbing blow across the back of the Bulldog. Trying to weaken that back up so he can't get the uh, the finisher in. And Bulldog trying to fight back now. A rake to the eyes. And a lovely belly-to-belly by the Warlord. I say, say, for these two guys, you know, Bulldog has been told he's not a great wrestler, and obviously Warlord. There's a little bit of chemistry between these two guys here. You know, it's definitely working. Indeed, yeah. And Slick, do you think he was quite an underrated manager? I say, I don't know, Slick. I don't know if he's racist or not. I'm not really sure. I think he's one of those guys that doesn't really get spoken about to these, this stage. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's the case of WWE embarrassed about that. Uh, but I think, obviously, for his time, you know, he, he, he was... Uh, for quite important moments. The Warlord's got uh, Bulldog down and he's kind of, uh, what would you call that? It's not a sleeper, he's kind of like just like got rear, his hands rear clasped. Chin lock. A rear chin lock. With the knee planted firmly in the back. And Heenan's joined Gorilla on commentary whilst he doesn't manage on the show. And of course there's more comfortable there. Jesse Ventura's his first wrestle, uh, WWE without, he's left WWE basically. He's been in all WrestleMania since the first one. But Heenan kind of joined in and the guy didn't really feel that made that much difference. The elbows to the midsection. And Bulldog's here, headbutt, rocking the Warlord and a lovely drop kick there. Sends Warlord back into the corner, but not taking the big man off his feet. As Bulldog going along with the fans count, bouncing the Warlord's head off the top turnbuckle ten times. As Winston looks on at ringside, Bulldog now second rope. A shot to the face, but both men still in this. Bulldog, good look for a pile driver. The Warlord just powering the Bulldog up. He manages to go over in a sunset flip. Big man down, he's teetering. No, he drops to his knees into a cover. Bulldog with the feet up, though. Gets a cover of his own. Both men only getting a two. Two. Irish whip to the Warlord in the corner. He manages to get a foot up. And a Bulldog there made his own misfortune. Running right into that. Running right into a size 16. I think Bulldog is a shame he's never WF champion. What are your thoughts on Bulldog? Have they changed at all? No, it is a huge shame that the man was never a champion. He certainly had everything there. You know, he had the fans back in. He did have a bit of talent as well. 
Um, again, you know, it's just someone who's kind of life choices let him down. You know, maybe if he hadn't have been a raging crackhead, <laughs> you know, he he might have been. You know, it's it's another what if. You know, what if Marty Jannetty wasn't a complete drug taking yeah, idiot? Yeah, that's true. Right, right, here we go. Full Nelson in by the wall, or the bulldog looks to be passing out. Maybe he can't break it. No one has. Nah, and it looks like the lights are going out on the bulldog. His legs are starting to shake. There's not much more he can take. And Slick saying, that's it, he's got him. No one has ever, ever broken this move. But Warlord's fingers aren't complete. But Bulldog's going out. (laughs) But the Bulldog broke the grip. Oh my God, for the first time ever. And now Bulldog picks him up. And look at the strength of the Bulldog. Running power slam to... Free. Oh my god. And again, the huge ovation when that free hits. And everybody happy. The Bulldog proved everybody who didn't believe in him wrong. He managed to break, break the full Nelson. And he managed to run in Power Slam anyone. And that was including the Warlord. And then Heenan said it couldn't be done. And Winston celebrating with a Bulldog. Well, Winston looks excited. <laughs> He's got his lipstick out. What are your thoughts on that match, Dan? Yeah, you know, again, it was uh, it was surprisingly better than I had anticipated between these two guys. You know, seeing these two big men, you thought they wouldn't have been able to work, but they ser- they seemed to gel together. And you know, the story told, it didn't go on for ages. It was you know, it was a perfect amount of time for this match. Yeah, I think very very enjoyable match. As we move on, WrestleMania seven and Jimmy Hart back in action with the Nasty Boys with Mean Gene Eichland. What do you prefer, Sags or Knobs? I prefer neither. But I'm always a fan of Nobs. Yeah, you can't not love Nobs. I like Willie and Nobs from tonight. <laughs> so far. I hate the Nasty Boys. I think they're, they're a shit tag team. Oh, really? Look at the fucking shouty promo. Well, the Nasty Boys there just being dickheads. They are Nasty Boys, aren't they? I mean, they just took Mean Jeans kind of pocket decoration tissue out, blew their nose on it, and then put it back in his pocket. And they look at the feet, the heart foundation. <laughs> the anvil, he looks ready. He looks like he's just had a good hit. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. What's that about shouty promos? If he if he cackles maniacally, Dan, bonus point. Crack. <laughs> Tell him, man. Bret Hart in action again. Another one of these greats. Gone to have a successful singles career at the moment. Tag team champion. He kind of did it perfectly, didn't he? WrestleMania 7, he was a tag team champion. WrestleMania 8, another champion. WrestleMania 9, WF champion. So, Bret Hart. Yeah, he's done it perfectly. He's one of the best WF tag team championships up next. Hart Foundation and Nasty Boys. Do you think Nasty Boys are Hall of Fame standard? Um, Not main feature Hall of Hall of Fame. You know, I think they're, you know, they're, they could be one of a few entries into the Hall of Fame, but not like the kind of standout one. No, I don't even know if they deserve that. You know, like even during their time, in WFWW, just never really done anything for me. And again, Hill Tag Team, Hill Manager. I wonder how many costume changes Mouth of the South has actually had. Because he's been busy, you know. He has been busy tonight. And of course, first gold on the line as well. Indeed, yes. And again, you know, a couple of uh, proper mullets being represented yes. there. And is it me or have, have all the faces won so far? Yeah, I think so. Or is this our fifth match now? Well, we had uh, the Rockers getting the victory over the Barbarian Haku. Texas Tornado getting the victory. And the British Bulldog getting the victory. So it's, we've had 
three matches on the main card. Coco Beware got the victory as well, if you want to add that one into it. It's been a good night for the good guys so far. Indeed, yes. And of course, Jim the Anvil Neidhart wearing the jacket that Natalia's worn to the ring. Now look, Macaulay Culkin's in the crowd as well. Kevin! He looks to be really enjoying the action as the Heart Foundation come out. The Heart Foundation, obviously, what a fantastic tag team. Absolutely brilliant, yeah. You know, you kind of got the uh, the execu- excellence of execution in Brett, and you've got the sheer hour of Jim the Anvil. Starting off against Sags. And Bret Hart being featured every WrestleMania since WrestleMania 2. 2. Record would end at 13. And it's like Bret was trying to wrestle, but Sags with a cheap shot. Would you prefer the uh, like a promo video beforehand to kind of show how the match took place, or what they're doing back then with Mean Gene and Mooney interviewing the uh, opponents? <laughs> I don't know, because, like, you know, if you're an avid fan, then those are enough, you know, because you would have watched the build-up to this match and you would know what's going on. But if you're kind of like a seasonal watcher, then I think the promo videos do help a lot. And Bret Hart clearing the ring of knobs. And then Sags ended up on the outside for some reason, but Bret Hart flicked the top rope and he flipped over it. And we've got Shirt Stealer Hebner in charge. All we need now is the Mountie. <laughs> oh, Sags gets his boot caught. He's begging off. Brett sweeps his standing leg, looking for the sharpshooter. Applied by a Canadian, 15% more effective. If it was in Canada, Canada, 35. But he just went for the low shot instead. So again, out of the four guys here, who would you think would go on to have singles? Would it be the, again, it's the smallest guy in the match who goes on to be champion, unlike the other three. Yeah, I, I would have said, you know, um, the nasty boys have kind of peaked where they're at. Jim the Anvil Neidhart? Possibly. <laughs> but you know, certainly with Bret Hart, it's it's kind of written for a minute, really. Well, it's just weird, like I said, what would go on, especially at these times where the kind of steroid allegations and the big people kind of had to walk away, you know, fired even as well. But they didn't run out of crack, and the Anvil now going after Nobs. Wow, and Sags coming in to try and intervene, but uh, he just got taken out as quick as he could get in. And it has been all Hart Foundation so far. The nasty boys. It's just they don't do anything. Like even the offense they take and stuff is just—it's just so basic. It's because they're friends with Hogan as well, you know. It's like Brutus Barber Beefcake, just nothing really. But they got the Anvil in the corner. No, but Sags loads his head. Anvil makes him pay. Tags in Brett. And Brett's unloading on Sags. A few shots throws him headfirst into the turnbuckle, and you can kind of see that it is the Heart Foundation working this match. You know, they're calling the shots. They're doing everything their way. And Brett, there were the punches in the corner. Brett going low, side rushing leg sweep. Going up to the second rope. Dropping that elbow straight to the throat. Into a cover. No. Nobs comes in. And I think Brett Hart was in when it came to signature moves and stuff. Because you always had the setup, the side rushing leg sweep. The second, you know, the jump off the second rope. All kind of signature moves Brett does that every wrestler kind of has now as well. Yeah, oh, definitely. If Brett Hart, if you could have frozen this Brett Hart and thawed him out, what... 2000, 2010. You know, he'd be one of the best in this kind of era as well. Without a doubt. Everything that Brett does, but he's just been sent to his knee. That's not good for the Hart Foundation, probably the most talented man in the team. And Jim the Anvil's chasing Mouth of the South around the ring as well. Yeah, but Jimmy's got protection, he's got that helmet. Yes, well, knobs and the helmet go together. As long as it doesn't sag. And Brett Hart's slowly getting into the ring. Well, it was all nasty, boys, and then that just turned the match completely. Oh, Horace Whip. 
Has he got SAG tattooed on his arm? Nothing. SAS? Saturdays and Sundays. He's got a submission on Brett at the moment, and Brett is in all sorts of trouble. The lower back. Definitely needs to get the tag to Jim. Yeah, this kind of move certainly plays into the talentless. You know, he just kind of sat on his back with a naked chin lock. And it's like I said, it's Brett doing all the work as well. The expression, the movement, the selling. And Nobbs is in the ring, and he's just punching Brett as he falls down. Now he's applying the same move that his tag team partner had on Brett. Yeah, Nobbs has got Nobbs tattooed on his arm. Is that just in case they get lost? They're telling the difference between the two. Amnesia. Well, you think you so should have that? One should have Jimmy, one should have Jay. Yeah, that'd help. Sags gets the tags, drops the elbow to the back of the hitman. Brett desperately struggling to get to his feet, but as soon as he gets up, he's back down again. Oh, fucking hell. Kind of like a reverse stunner to the back of the neck of Hart into a cover, but no, Brett managing to kick out. Oh. I think it's quite as the fans have been so far because they realise the heroes are actually tr- in trouble in this one. Indeed, yes, and... uh it is a very slow-paced match as well, especially with uh, Bret Hart being in it. But Bret, with the help of the fans, managing to get to his feet. A lovely swinging neck breaker. But can he get the tag to the anvil? The anvil's chomping at the bit to get in the ring. Bret Hart desperately trying to make it over. No, he gets taken out, out by knobs. And the elbow dropped to the back of Bret. And you can't argue that for tag teaming. Now right back into that submission again. And Brett managing to uh, body weight onto Nobbs. Again trying to get to the corner. But Sags comes in, distracts Anvil. And are both the nasty boys taking pop shots at Brett. But Brett managing to escape. Nobbs head first into the turnbuckle. Then Brett takes out Sags. Can he finally get to the corner of the Anvil? Sags grabbing the leg of Hart. Finally gets the tag in, but the referee's distracted by Nobbs. Oh, doesn't no. see the tag and kicks the anvil out. Come on, ref. Oh, no, now... Oh, wow, the microphone. Nobbs accidentally hit Sags. He went to get Brett, and now Brett tags in Jim. He finally's in legal. And huge power. Nobbs into Sags. Double clothesline. Irish whip. Back elbow to Nobbs. The anvil's come in, and he's not quite on fire, but he's got... a tepid flame to him he's lukewarm baby weren't a bad uh, show of power and again another one with the slam but Sags in breaking up the pin attempt by Anvil Brett's in to kind of even the numbers now it's all broken down chasing, Brett's chasing Sags around the ring oh and Nobbs accidentally hit Sags Brett hit Jimmy Hart and they're going to look for it now is this going to be the end heart attack into the cover but Referee distracted by Brett. The helmet thrown in by Jimmy Hart to Sags. Slammed on the back of Anvil. Jimmy Hart's holding Brett's leg as uh, the cover is counted. And the Nasty Boys get the victory. Oh, Nobs pins Jim Ninehart. And they're new tag team champions. The Nasty Boys. That looked to be it then, but thanks to Jimmy Hart, he helped his team. That's how it shows you how important managers can be at ringside. Indeed, yes, and he's just as excited as the Nasty Boys are for having the titles. I think they're the best tag team championships there. Look at them. I think they're beautiful. Yeah, they look cool. What you need? Uh, what do you think of the match then? Um, the match, it was a very slow pace. I don't think it was kind of in Bret Hart's wheelhouse. You know, it was. Uh, we certainly didn't see the best of Bret. It's good that he didn't eat the pin. You know, kind of that could have hampered him down the line. But you, you, you know there's something special in the talent with Bret Hart. Without a doubt. You know, it's interesting to see how they progress as well, you know, especially with Brett. 
Move on to our next match, though. And it is the model Rick Martel versus Jake the Snake Roberts. And this is how it all began. Martel spraying the snake of Jake. And then he got Jake in the face, who then fell onto his snake. And Roberts is blinded. I think he's blinded. You can't believe it. So he was blinded, Dan. And he comes out blind a week later. And Brother Love and uh, the model Rick Martel are kind of taking pop shots and winding him up. Jake hits the DDT on Brother Love, though. Oh, and you can see, look at his eye. One of them's milky white creamed over. The other one is red as you like. And Jake finds his way to the ring. The model slips out the way, though. The model was in a match. Who was he in a match with? I can't even see his face. <laughs> but it's, again, the story has come over three months. It's not just happened over, like, a three-week period. Like I said, six weeks later, this happened. Four weeks after the first incident. And now we get Jake the Snake. Tense promos. Honestly, well, I think one of the best of all time. And they always do it better in the dark. So it's going to be a blindfold match then. It's going to be the model Rick Martel against Jake the Snake Roberts. Again, another very gimmicky wrestling. You know, I'm a model. I'm better looking than all of you. I'll spray you with my perfume. And, you know, someone that you hated, you'd love to hate. But it's still a gimmick that's, um, like we said, around today in certain ways with people trying to, you know, Kind of the models and stuff like this. But none quite like Jake the Snake Roberts. We don't know how he treated the snake. It doesn't really matter. Do you hope Jake gets his snake out in the ring? Uh, I hope not. No. Well, if you can't see anything, the snake's going to go wild, isn't it? Might bite a child at ringside or something like that. Well, I've heard that Jake actually has his his snake spits. Yes. Yeah. yeah. A white venom. So, Jake the Snake, Hall of Famer, uh, do you think he maybe should have had a chance? Or if he, again, personal demons, would he have been WF champion in a multi-universe? Uh, again, yeah, you know, if, if it wasn't for the personal demons, I think he certainly had the gimmick which could go all the way. Um, it's good to see, you know, how he's kind of worked as a face and as a heel in his time as well. And, you know, here currently he's working as a kind of face in peril. Um, you know, he's had all the like, everything going against him. He's been blind for a while. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, de- I definitely believe that in, in an alternate universe where, um, you know, the Bulldog was had been WWE champion, Jake the Snake certainly could have been. So here we go, both being blindfolded, even though we just saw the slit in the eye, or the, the mesh that Jake can see out of. The mouth, that's how they can breathe through it. But it's obvious that they can see. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jake Panda into the crowd, you know, when he finally points at Martel... The crowd cheers so they know that he's in the right direction. Helping him out. It is like pantomime. He's behind you. I mean, we might laugh and joke about this match, but to be fair, it's probably what we're going to see WrestleMania 36. Yeah. Well, Rick Martel's down on all fours, crawling around the ring. Jake's pointing. Oh, well, his other snaky senses came into play. And Jake's schoolboys, Rick Martel, rolls him up. But Martel managing to kick out. Uh, and now Martel finally grabbing old Jake Snake. Irish whip. And uh, Rick Martel waiting for Jake to come. But Jake kind of diverted and went around the model. Quite interesting to ringside as well. They're moving overing the front row seats. They're getting kind of, I don't know if it's celebrities or just different people. Do you think this is kind of like a good match for the crowd to get into? You know, they kind of feel that they're helping him out. They should do something like this to the stage. You know what I mean? I think especially... I think we've seen Triple H kind of have a blindfolded match. And the two men go back to back. 
Do I get a bonus point if the referee kind of uh, accidentally gets hit with <laughs> one of them or attempted to hit until he has to tell him that he's the ref? And Rick Martel is currently walking around the ring, kind of punching and kicking the air. And Jake the Snake has gone back to his pointing uh, technique. And as he gets closer, the crowd cheers. But as he goes into the, the direction towards Martel, Martel has walked away. And the two men tie up, but Martel's the one that gets the upper hand, slamming Jake the Snake. <laughs> but Jake gets up and Martel drops the elbow to nothing but Matt. It is absolutely comic genius, <laughs> this match. Silly, it? it is very underrated. <laughs> oh, Jake's oh. got something. No, it's no. the ref who quickly moves away. And Jake again with assistance from the crowd, closing in on the model. <laughs> no! And Jake going down low. And Martel's got the referee in the corner. The referee tells him no. This is getting a bit boring now, though. <laughs> well, crap. Like I said, we'll get bored of it after a while. No, he's got him. Well, the referee's ordered for a rope break because the model was uh, kind of draped over the second rope. DDT chant going around the crowd. And Martel going to the corner. Oh, he's found himself a sack. But it had a big snake in it. And now Jake, has he got hold of him? Oh, no, grabbed hold of a leg, but the model managed to scarf her away. Do you reckon nowadays fans wouldn't tell him? They go, no, and then when he points at the referee, then say yes. Uh, I don't know. It was something to try. Like I said, I think the problem is, is the amount of time it's taken to get the match actually done. There he goes, this is going to be it. Oh, lock up, but model throws Jake off, and Jake bounces around, lands outside the ring with a thump. Now the model's found himself out of the ring. He's got a steel chair. And he's walking around, kind of thrusting at anyone in his way. And there's no manager. No, no manager at all. Oh! Well, the model felt something behind him, but it was the ring post, and he slammed the chair against it. And it's kind of reverberated up into his hands. And now Jake's got hold of Martel, drags him into the ring, who goes down quite low, picks up Roberts... Into a backbreaker. And he's going to try and put the Boston Crab finish him off. Oh, it's a very good move for someone that can't see. But Jake powers his way out, sends Model headfirst into the second turnbuckle. Jake plants the Model with a DDT. Well, he bumped into him. Can he get in the cover? Well, he's tapping around trying to find him. Tapping everywhere in the ring but the Model. Two, three. <laughs> and Jake the Snake Roberts wins the blindfold here at WrestleMania 7, Dan. It weren't too bad, was it? No, I, I did like the comedic effect. I think that was quite fun. It kind of was dragged out. I think they could have had a couple of little chain moves in there. I did like, you know, when uh, Martel hit Jake with a slam, went to follow up with the elbow, Jake the Snake wasn't there. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. And, the, you know, the comedic of it was great. It did start wearing Finn after a while. Any longer, and I probably would have matched. But again, you know, it wasn't a terrible match. And as Jake goes into the corner of the Martel, he's got the spray that blinded Jake the Snake. And he sprays into the crowd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he sprays into the crowd and stamps on it. Oh and all that putrid liquid is spilt over the ring. He says, nope, I've got something better than that. I'm going to rub my snake in it instead. Well, that's one thing you wouldn't be allowed to do nowadays with the snakes. No, absolutely not. And the Martel... Don't think he liked that one bit as he kind of got out of there as quickly as possible. But it's made for it's it's kids. If I was a child, I would have loved that match. Do you know what I mean? Because it gave you everything you wanted. Again, the face one, 
You kind of, you know, you saw the snake. Like we've seen people like Michaels, Bret Hart, Bulldog, Jake the Snake. They're all familiar, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? The cards. Absolutely, as a snake ties itself round Jake's neck. I think that's the problem with older wrestling. People go, oh no, I don't, I don't know anything about WrestleMania 7 or 8 or, you know, watching these old events. But in fact, it's just these guys before they become the huge stars that we know. Absolutely, yeah. You don't need to know anything about wrestling to be able to follow it. And the Mounties here! He's celebrating with the Nasty Boys as they're kind of (laughs) interviewed backstage. Dino Bravo's there as well. Where's Skinner? <clears throat> oh no, Earthquakes joined them. And this is kind of like JBL's celebration when he uh when he won the title. Well, um Royal Rumble two thousand and five. Yeah, Jimmy Hart is his um Like this is kinda of like everyone that Jimmy Hart manages. Yeah, this is his stable. But up next it should be quite interesting because the superfly Jimmy Snooker is super, in the ring. Super superfly. Known as a phenom from Fiji Islands, of course killed his wife, but Nothing ever got done about that. And the bell tolls for the very first time in WrestleMania history as Paul Bearer with the urn comes out with the one and only very first appearance of The Undertaker. At WrestleMania. At WrestleMania. What a huge... This, again, you know, it's something like... Would you have ever imagined that... Even at the next WrestleMania, Undertaker's going to be there. Uh, it's unbelievable. And you think, not only was it the next one, and the next one, and, the, and like, what, three decades? How, how long did we say, how long ago is this? 29 years ago? So. Yeah, well, it's uh, 2021. It would be 30 years. There's no doubt he's going to be around at WrestleMania next year. It's unbelievable. I mean, he's, you know, like I said, he's facing AJ Styles at WrestleMania 36. What will happen? We thought we saw the last of the dead man. But he is back, and like I said, first time ever. And again, the crowd reacting to this is perfect because they're not just kind of cheering or booing. They're kind of in shock awe. The Undertaker's a character. A bit like The Fiend was at the start, completely different. You can see the crowd, the fans, not really sure what to make of him. Brilliantly played, like we said, by Mark Calloway. This is the thing. If the foundations weren't right to move on for the rest of his career, it would have been a dumb thing as he's looking on now. At Jimmy Snooker. Because we've seen a lot of Untaker's uh, WrestleMania matches. What would be your favourite WrestleMania match with the Untaker? I don't know. It has to be his uh, latest series against Shawn Michaels. 26. And the Undertaker facing off. Not even moving. Of course, the Undertaker at this time. Probably I don't know, one of my favourite Undertakers as well. As he goes straight after Jimmy Snooker. With a huge right hand. <clears throat> Saying he's got speed. But the Undertaker, this is kind of when he had to slow it down. And this is... You know, he's he's kind of forced himself, and when he does get picked up, picking up the tempo, you see him kind of slow it back down again to a to a stop, nearly. That's the amazing thing, you know. It's not even just kind of the no selling either. It's about someone like you know Jimmy Snooker was an absolute legend, and the Undertaker had just been in control. It definitely had plans, but everything had to be right, and it did. I don't know about you, but like you know, kind of six year old, seven year old kid watching these. The Undertaker scared the fucking bejesus out of me. Yeah, the Undertaker scared me. That's why he became one of my favourites, because I realised he was a good guy in the end. Like, the, the bad guy, Undertaker, was really scary. <laughs> like, yeah. At least if he's on your side, you think, you're right, that's okay. Yeah, uh, definitely. But, you know, he, he certainly was kind of a character that got immersed into his role. You know, this is someone that had the door closed on him multiple times. You weren't good enough. No one would ever pay to see you real. And, you know, this is him making the first of his, what, 20... 
25 appearances. 25 appearances, of which he didn't fucking lose for a long time. 21. Unbelievable. I think only two men have beaten him at WrestleMania. But the Undertaker started off, like I said, no one would have known what this would have become. As the Undertaker now still got Snook, is going to suplex back in. Oh, and the height of the Undertaker as he jumps. Misses the elbow, but sits right up. And Superfly trying his bits and the punches. Would take any normal man down, but Undertaker's not a normal man. That's what we're saying. He's hardly getting hurt by anything. Irish whip reversed. Snooker ducks the clothesline attempt. Looking for a splash, but Undertaker ducks out the way. And Jimmy Snooker hangs himself up on the top rope. It's just a look, isn't it? The makeup as well. Yeah. But credit to Jimmy Snooker trying to fight back. Springboards in, but gets caught. Undertaker with a right hand and now picks him up. And we're going to see this many a time at WrestleMania. Faces the hard cam. Boom. Tombstone pile driver. One, two, three. The tongue doesn't come out, though. The tongue didn't come out about 99, did it? Kind of stayed out. But the Undertaker there gets the victory. Very first WrestleMania. I've got to give credit to Jimmy Snooker there. I never realised that he'd... Uh, Top rope springboard his way back in. Obviously, Undertaker had to turn it into the tombstone. But what a great appearance. Job done. Talk about the faces winning. There was no doubt the Undertaker was going to win there. One of your reasons why you picked it down. What are your thoughts? Yeah, again, you know, it's, it's good to see a young Undertaker. You know, a man who was uh, kind of synonymous with WrestleMania. And to think, you know, it wasn't until seven was his first mania. But he had... Without doubt, one of the best WrestleMania careers any wrestler could have, and yeah. could, could have had. And like I said, we've seen people like Bret Hart, and of course, Shawn Michaels, British Bulldog, now The Undertaker as well. And uh, it's interesting times where you're getting all the kind of stars of the future involved here. But up next, like I said, it's, it's the, one of the main events of the card, and it's The Ultimate Warrior versus the Macho King, Randy Savage. Now, I've just looked up from my phone and saw... Sensational Sherry on her knees at Warrior and the Ultimate Warrior's head shaking and it kind of looks really like you'd gone on to uh, a different event as opposed to WrestleMania. Oh, she's trying to get Warrior to team up with her but he's just saying no, he's not going to turn to the dark side and of course we've seen clips of what happened at the Royal Rumble as well when Warrior put the title on the line against Sergeant Slaughter. And he chased Sensational Sherry out of the building but Macho Man was laying in wait to hit Warrior with everything he has and then just scarpers as quick as you like. That wasn't even it for the interference though because later in the match, Macho King came back out and with the scepter... Just cracked it over the head of the Warrior. Elbow drop into a cover. Two, three, and that's it. Sergeant Slaughter is champion. And that is why the Macho King will face the Elbow Warrior. Both men hate each other so much. One of them has to retire when they lose. Oh my God, Dan, look, Miss Elizabeth's in the crowd. Wow. I wonder what she's doing here. Is she looking on, going to be happy or sad if either of these man, men have to retire called Smacho King? has been with Queen Sherry. And what an entrance to make as well, being carried to ring. As we see Miss Elizabeth again looking on. Any faces you recognise carrying uh, the Macho King and... Uh... Sensational Sherry out? No, there was no one I saw there. I was in the uh, in the all the uh, pomp and s- circumstance of Macho Man and what he brings to it as well. I think one of the few forgotten legends. You know, a lot of people talk about like Ric Flair's and Hogan's, but 
I think Macho Man was a, such a, a, a great talent as well as being just a, such a larger-than-life character, you know? Absolutely, yeah. And, uh, you know, he's... Whether you like him or hate him, whether he's a face or a heel, you know, you kind of... You can't help but look at him in awe at the way he goes about everything. But another man who certainly brings awe and the fans' reception with him is the ultimate warrior. Oh, without a doubt, you know, you can hear the reaction already. Lost the WF Championship, what, three or four months ago. There's probably the second best place to be and still featured the kind of co-main event as well. He comes out of the uh, curtain, feeding off the fans, not running at his usual high pace, though. Was he one of your favourites as a child when you saw the Warrior? Absolutely, yeah. You know, I absolutely loved him. Just the energy he had, the, you know, the kind of... Just the way he sucked in all the fans' emotions. And, you know, you couldn't help but love the Ultimate Warrior. Then it's the ultimate face-off between the two as well. And again, another match where both of the performers have sadly passed away. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not been a good mania so far. And he's got a picture of Macho Man on one knee pad. The Ultimate Warrior on the other. And again, certainly can tell a lot of money and effort went into these guys, you know, ring attire. And uh, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. I even show my, even Sherry's because she looks fabulous as well, you know, coming out here as Queen Sherry. Should it be Queen Elizabeth? Well, <laughs> God save the Queen. But Miss Elizabeth in attendance looking on, this is going to be one of these guys' last ever matches. A warrior certainly has a bone to pick with Sensational Sherry, who's... Uh, Kind of on the ring apron. Well, the trunks worry. It says I think it means more than the WWF Championship. And he wants to put Macho to an end. And I mean, the guy that cost him the title. Great storytelling, you know. This kind of it happened a few months before. And Warrior wants to get retribution. You know, you can't kind of imagine what happened in the Raw or in, you know in in wrestling leading up to this. Mm. And of course, you've got like you know Miss Elizabeth sitting at ringside as well. Another unknown quantity in this match. And you've got the two guys that have faced, you know, uh, past two previous WrestleManias have faced Hulk Hogan for the WF Championship. You know, WrestleMania 5, Macho losing to Hulk Hogan. And, of course, WrestleMania 6, Warrior beating Hulk Hogan. But Hogan's still in the main event this year. <laughs> Absolutely. Rightly so, or is it like kind of the, the Roman Reigns position? It's, it's the Hulk Hogan position. He was a great politician, there's no doubt about it, with, with Hogan. How he made Warrior look after his uh, toll and what he did with Macho Man. I mean, you know, these two guys definitely brought something to the table. Hogan weren't doing it by himself. As far as intelligence goes out of the ring, Hogan certainly had it. You know, he knew where his bread was buttered. And you know, with Macho in, in the ring as well, such a meticulous performer, he's probably planned everything that the Warriors to do in this matchup and to not deviate from the script whatsoever, you know. Absolutely. Warrior got Macho Man just high up in on his shoulder, high up in the air, legs at least eight, nine foot up in the air. At least 11 or 12 feet up in the and air. And then drops him down in a huge atomic drop. And then the Warrior got Macho Man up by his throat, ready to throw him, but sensational Sherry in the ring and she gets caught in a crossfire. And it's Macho making Warrior look good as well with the power moves. And if he's doing so far, Sherry's interference at the moment. Absolutely, and as far as, you know, his in-ring intelligence goes, Macho Man certainly had it in spades. Without doubt, he's been caught up in the ropes now. The Warrior, not so much. No. Bless him. But he he had the energy. Warrior going down low to the midsection, and he has had everything, you know, over Macho Man so far in this match. 
Then the warrior goes to drop his head and match her man with a well-placed boot to the chest. Savage comes out with a running clothesline. But do you think if Warrior didn't believe his own hype so much that he a little bit more success in a weird way, you know? We didn't just think he was like a huge star. Yeah, but, you well... Know, I mean, Macho ended up in that way, but... Well, you know, kind of, you know, despite the way this match can go, it's, you know, the, the better performer and the better wrestler and, like, you know, the kind of more intelligent one is always going to be Macho Man Randy Savage. Mm. You know, and I think that kind of gives a lot to a wrestler, you know, even... If he's on the losing side, he looks great. And the Warrior just showing his power there, just battering down Macho Man Randy Savage, or Macho King even. Yes, he is a king at this moment in time. He's got Macho backed up into the corner and just stomping a mud hole, and James, he's walking it dry. And the fans definitely invested. They've been invested all night long as well, with Miss Elizabeth looking on amongst them. And a huge right just drops Macho. <laughs> Irish rip to the corner. Warrior goes for a splash, but Macho moves out of the way. Oh, and Sherry getting involved. Well, a huge right hand from Sherry. We talk about the women's revolution. Of course, the women eventually made an event at WrestleMania. But at this point, Sherry was probably the most hands-on manager that they had. And as the referee's distracted by Savage, Sherry's uh, hitting the Warrior. But the Warrior had as much as he can take. Pushed Sherry off, but a distraction. Got out Macho Man, and he's kind of uh, attacked the Warrior from behind. I think the Warrior's a bit too strung up for this match. I think he's too... Uh pumped up to think Macho's got the right game plan trying to get him out of it absolutely yeah you know the Warriors easy, easily distracted and uh, using sensational Sherry to the fullest well Macho with a slam I'm going to say this is a large pay for all time even though we not get results about a month backslide by a Warrior but Macho managing to get out of it now seems to be shocked that the Warriors in the exact same position as he was spits right in the face of Warrior and then goes to the outside and again, Sensational Sherry up on the apron, causing a distraction. But this time, the Warriors, kind of a bit more wiser to it, catches the foot of Savage down. The Warriors running the ropes to a big splash, but I think the four rope bounces kind of uh, gave Savage long enough to get back into this. Moved out of the way, slammed Warrior headfirst into the mat, into a cover. Only a two count. Two. And now Macho with a sleeper, just trying to take the Warriors. So this match has got everything on the line. It's career versus career here. And Warrior managing to get up from a sleeper for Macho. Both men running the ropes. Double clothesline on each man. But Macho Man's got sensational Sherry to kind of uh, bring him to a bit. And now Sherry distracting the ref as Macho trying to pick up Warrior. Warrior turns it around into a roll-up though. And he's got the count. Referee can't see it. Two. No. Macho with the count. Warrior's angry. That could have been a three. Savage, knee to the back of Warrior, sends him into the referee. And Sherry going up top. Macho's got hold of Warrior. Double X handles smash, but Warrior moves out of the way. Sherry accidentally hits her man, Randy Savage. I think it was with a shoe to the head. And Sherry can't believe it. Now Warrior saying to Sherry, come here. But Macho's down in the ring. Warrior finally got hold of Sherry, but Macho rolling him up. No, Warrior managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Macho using Warrior's momentum and going the turnbuckle. <coughs> Savage dropping Warrior throat first across the top rope. Elizabeth looks a bit upset in the crowd. And Macho jumping over the top rope with Warrior's head in hand and just hanging him up on the top. Huge whiplash to the ultimate Warrior. And the Macho King slams him down now going up top. Looking to drop that big elbow. He hits it and that's it. Well, normally it would be it, but Macho feels he needs another one. To kind of finish the Ultimate Warrior off. Second one hits. 
Again, he's going for the trivector. Well, Warrior was down, and now it might just be finished. Right into the heart of the Ultimate Warrior. Now another one. Looking for number four off the top. Well, I can't do any more, surely. Don't call me Shirley, but Macho Man's going up top for fifth one in a row. He wants to make sure the Warrior stays down for good. Hits the fifth one, goes for the cover. One, two. two. No. How the Warrior the is still alive. Well, Macho can't believe it. Well, the Macho Man has hit the Warrior with everything he's got five times and it's still not enough to keep Warrior down. He's starting to absorb the life from the fans and kind of psych himself up to get back into this match. But he's been hit with five elbows. But he's shaking the ropes, James. That kind of negates everything that's happened to him up into this match. And now uh, Warrior doing what he does best, using the little Warriors. He's feeding off the energy of the Warriors at home, the Warriors in the crowd. Every single Warrior fan. Uh-oh, now the Warrior. That image of the Warrior there, that's quite synonymous. I've seen it in so many clips. <clears throat> he looks to put away the Macho King. Gets him up. Press slam. Bounces the ropes. Big splash. One. Two. <gasps> Whoa. Well, nobody's ever got up from that, but Macho Man has just managed to kick out. Oh. And Warrior looking up now in the sky like, what's happening? He's looking up to the gods. <coughs> and you can see the paints come away from Warrior's face. It's been an absolute war. I'm wondering what to do. And the Warrior might be walking out. Well, he's hit him with everything. Is he going to walk away from his career? Well, the Warrior weren't sure what he was doing on the apron. And Macho just clocked him. Does the fact that the Warrior even hitting Macho Man with his best shot, does it kind of seem like he's lost faith in himself? I think without doubt, I think he's going to need Sherry's help. He's holding on the guardrail now. Warriors draped over throat first on the guardrail. Savage is going up top. This definitely won't end well for the Ultimate Warrior. He manages to escape. Sidestep Savage. He goes head first into the barricade. And he's just got his faith back. Shakes the ropes. And now back in with Macho. And this could be the end. Warrior building up head of steam for the last time. Big shot back. Macho lands the outside. And Warrior again going to go for it. Huge shoulder block takedown. Sends Savage out the ring. Now Warrior's got Macho back in. And a third shoulder barge. Well Macho did it. Five elbows. <coughs> puts him in position. Puts the foot on him. Two, three. Warrior wins. And he regained faith. Macho Man is no longer a WWF employee. What are your thoughts on that match Dan? Um, I thought it was I thought it was great, you know, uh, the Warrior, you kind of see him losing faith of himself after hitting Savage with everything he's got. You see Savage knowing that he has to go above and beyond to put the Ultimate Warrior down, hitting him with five elbows, but that still wasn't enough. The Warrior managed to fight his way into this match and get the victory after regaining faith in what he should do with his life. Yeah, without a doubt, I think it's probably Ultimate Warrior's... Greatest performance in a WWE ring as well. I know the moment WrestleMania 6 was brilliant, but the match that him and Macho managed to put together, I think turned out to be a WrestleMania classic. <coughs> and Sherry not happy with Macho Man. Oh, kicks to the chest. She definitely isn't happy with Macho Man. And just assaulting him, realising the money's not going to come in anymore. As Miss Elizabeth watches on from the crowd, jumps Barry Cade, running to the ring. And Liz is here. She just grabs Sherry by the hair, threw her out the ring, checking to see if Macho's okay. 
Well, Sherry can't believe it, but Liz is here to save her man. Oh. Well, he thought it was Sherry trying to attack him again, and Miss Elizabeth checking that she was okay, checking that it was okay. <clears throat> and look at the emotion in Liz's face. Look at the emotion in the crowd. Oh. And they embrace in the ring. <clears throat> and that is what everybody wanted to see. Despite being on the losing side, Macho Man got a cheer at the end of this match. It may be his last match, but he's reunited with Miss Elizabeth. The Queen and King are back together. And look at people that are so happy. And do you think we'll see a moment like that, maybe with Otis and Mandy Rose down or something like that? Um, potentially, yeah. But um, I don't know. This is a really touching moment as well. The fans are invested. I can see you with the Kleenex out, wiping uh, your eyes. <coughs> And what a moment. What did you think of the match? Oh, we talked about the match yourself, but what do you think of this moment as well? This moment, yeah, it's, again, it's a very iconic moment in wrestling. Look, you know, going to around all the fans, they're all teared up. It's it's a touching moment, you know, despite, again, being on the losing side, despite being booed when he came down to the ring. Macho Man, you know, was cheered and deemed a hero after this match. Without a doubt. What a moment here at WrestleMania 7. <coughs> Well, now it's normally Elizabeth holding the ropes for Macho. But Macho Man holds the ropes for Miss Elizabeth. Wow. He's going to do it right this time. What a moment here at WrestleMania. And what a choice for you, WrestleMania 7. It's been great, hasn't it, really, with the people that we've seen. Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, Macho Man. I mean, what's been the best thing so far, do you reckon? Um... I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I've I've really enjoyed you know seeing the Undertaker's first WrestleMania match again, um, and you know it's like you kind of after knowing what he's been through at WrestleMania, you know going back to see where it all began. At this point, this was just a victory for the Undertaker. It wasn't about a streak. It wasn't about anything like that. And you know it's it's how it develops. It's how wrestling plays out, which is a great way to tell a story yeah, without a shadow of a doubt what Wrestlemania it's been but we're not done yet <clears throat> alright Dan so we're going to skip to the main event now so why don't you just run through the, the matches that took place afterwards as well well again you know there wasn't too much of note going through um, we had Generico Tenru and Koji Kyata defeated the Demolition Crush and Smash with Mr. Fuji that was 4 minutes 44 seconds uh, we had the big boss man defeating Mr. Perfect by disqualification. So, Mr. Uh, so boss man won the match, but Mr. Perfect retained his title. That was a 10-minute 46 match. Earthquake with Jimmy Hart defeated Greg the Hammer Valentine in, hate to use the pun, but a squash match in 3 minutes 14. The LOD defeated Power and Glory, that's Hercules and Paul Roma, in a tag team match in less than a minute. Uh, Virgil, with Roddy Piper in his corner, defeated Ted DiBiase by count out in a singles 41. The Mountie, he's the Mountie, defeated Tito Santana in a singles match in 1 minute 21 seconds. And we are now, it is now time for the main event. And it is Sergeant S. Laughter with General Adnan and the WWF World Heavyweight Championship going against the man that personifies the good old US of A, Morgan. The red, white, and the M blue. So what do you think of Sergeant Sortland as a serious competitor? Or do you think he's more of a joke in your eyes? Because it's different generations, I suppose. You know, people saw him in the 80s and 90s. Or, or especially 90s and the, then the noughties as like the commissioner and stuff. Dan, what are your thoughts? 
Uh, with Hulk Hogan, I think, you know, he was a great character. Certainly one that was... That's like Sergeant Slaughter. Oh, Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> he was uh, he was definitely a great character. One that was done well. You know, he when he first started, he was USA. And then, you know, you kind of see him, right, let's turn it up. Turn him into a hill. And he's kind of like an Iraqi synthesizer. And, you know, he oh, I thought he was certainly a great character. I mean, as commissioner with DX, taking the piss out of him a little bit, and then kind of being like the third stooge as well later on. So, but Slaughter's, you know, I think done a lot. And like I said, he main event the WrestleMania against Hulk Hogan. So, you know, it's not too bad. The payday must have been all right. Absolutely, yeah. So what about Hulk Hogan at this time? And when is your favourite Hulk Hogan? <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, I do like this, you know, Hulk Hogan... You thought he was unbeatable at one point in his career, but, you know, after the Warriors stopped him, it kind of brought him back down to earth. And this is, like, you know, his first WrestleMania since being defeated by Warrior. You know, you can't help but love him at this moment in time. Without a doubt, you know, like I said, with Hogan at this point, is he on the way out, though, do you reckon? you think the end of Hulkamania is nearing? Um, No, you know, it's still got a couple of years left yet, I believe. And Hogan doesn't mind who he fights in this one. Of course, lost it at last year's WrestleMania. And we've got Regis, he's on commentary. We've had all the celebrities coming out. Do you think uh, WrestleMania needs celebrities, or do you think that's like, like WrestleMania is a big enough event nowadays? I think it's fun to have celebrities there. You know, but proper celebrities, not fucking Rob fucking Gronkowski. Mm. I mean, you know, I enjoyed, like, you know, when Vinnie Jones has been in the audience, and I think... Uh, you know, I even like Hugh Jackman's involvement, you know, in, in certain ways, you know, where, where it works. It's just not if it's overbearing, you know. Yeah, I don't think they should kind of take away from moments that happen, you know, the Tyson Fury moment. Was that really necessary? Yeah, exactly. Or even like the Mojo being with the Gronk. Or Mojo just being full stop. So here we go, Hogan and Slaughter. Slaughter and Hogan. Sergeant S. Laughter. So is this Sergeant Slaughter's kind of last hurrah? Yeah, without a doubt, this is him on his uh, not many matches left after this, I'm afraid. But it's interesting to think nowadays, you know, would Vince McMahon have Roman Reigns going against the coronavirus in a match? You know, like, would it? where, where does it stop at this moment in time? Because you think at one point, WWE were going to be told that they're not allowed to uh, to do events as well, you know, so it's going to be interesting times. It is, yeah. Um, it's it's going to be crazy, really. Mm. <clears throat> you know, obviously the Magnificent Seven's going to be kind of on hold at the moment, you know, regardless of what happens at WrestleMania behind closed doors. But what would you rather it be? Would you rather it be held behind closed doors on the date and time that it's supposed to be? Or would you rather have it in front of a packed audience so you can get that liveliness, so you can get the emotion from it. I think that with the live audience, we forget how important that is in a, in, in in anything, you know. I think, I think that would be interesting to see. Obviously, some things aren't affected, like podcasts and stuff like this, but when there's an audience involved, uh, but I feel that you have to think about the performers and the people involved as well, with the production people. We're lucky enough that when we do it, there's only two people here, you know, for free, but where's, with other, you know, things, you think how many people it takes to operate all the, and why do you need six cameras as well in the WWE if you, at the moment in time, if you're only going to look at the, the small ring areas, you know, so it's, it's, it's health and safety at the end of the day now, isn't it, you know? 
Absolutely, yeah. It is, you know, kind of looking out for not only yourself, but your elderly relatives, um, you know, your elderly neighbours, and just kind of making sure that everyone, everyone can kind of get over this. And, you know, panic doesn't ensue. Like, panic buying and just being over the top, really. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, there is even a coronavirus podcast. Yeah. I think it's just three blokes coughing into a microphone for a half hour. But, you know. Well, Hogan's been beating Slaughter Pillar to post, but the General's got involved now. General Adnan. Slaughter's got a chair. Cracks it over the back of Hogan, who no-sells it. And now S. Laughter's backing off. Hogan wants Slaughter to get into this. Slaughter's begging off. He's saying, please, Hogan, please don't. Oh. But lulls him into a full sense of security and just rakes the eyes. Sort of dastardly hill as he is. Creeping up on Hogan as his back's turned. <coughs> a huge USA chant going through the crowd. And Slaughter now in control of Hogan. I think he's got the... Hill Tactics Handbook, and he's going through it page by page. Have we seen a back rake yet? We haven't yet, no. We've seen the eye rake. No back rake as yet. As Slaughter looks to drop the elbow, but Hogan, not going down like that, jumps up to his feet. Irish whip. Hogan runs through Slaughter. One for General Adnan, who gets up on the apron. Kick to the midsection for Slaughter, and a rake to the eyes. Hogan did fight dirty, didn't he? Even as a baby face. Yeah. Well, these two guys. Hogan now picks up Slaughter, atomic drop. Into a cover. Two. No. Kick out. Uh-huh. There we go. Hogan and the back rake. Into a cover, but only a two count. Two. And he's just bouncing Slaughter's head off the turnbuckles, and then a third time was off the ring post. Irish whips and Slaughter into the corner, and just throws him over his shoulder. Slaughter must have went at least two foot up in the air. <laughs> at least a foot. Slaughter chest first into the turnbuckle this time. <clears throat> Knee to the back, sending Slaughter face first into the turnbuckle this time. The fans are loving it. Hogan's loving it, being in full control. And then the move that doesn't work in real life. A slingshot, sending Slaughter face first into the turnbuckle again. Do you reckon Hulk's does a big boot and a leg drop away from winning this, or does he want to punish the non American synthesizer. Well, at the moment, he's in complete control, isn't he? As Hogan just playing with Slaughter. What's up, my love? I don't think Slaughter's got much left to give in this match. Hogan goes into a pin, but Slaughter managing to kick out. Oh. Slaughter briefly managed to come back into this match, but was pretty much immediately cut off by Hulkstar. And it has been all Hulk Hogan, but now is he taking an unnecessary risk? Going up doesn't normally do that. Well, the general manages to grab hold of his ankle. Stopping him so Slaughter can throw him off the top. Could this be Sarge's way back into this match? Well, possibly so. I mean, Hogan has been there and done that. Have to use everything to his uh, expertise to get Hogan. Try and get him beat. We talk about the Untaker streak. Hogan streak, you know, came to an end last year against Warrior. And he's going to try and look to do everything. That's why he took the risk to go up to the top. But Slaughter had it scouted. Now sends Hogan to the outside. And you got to wonder what's going through Slaughter's mind as well, of course. All these fans used to cheer him. Now he's got a still chair. Oh, well, he cracks over the back of Hogan. And the first time he done it, Hogan completely no-selled it. But as the match has gone on, he's exerted a lot of energy. And, you know, certainly affecting Hogan now. And the referee just watching on. Well, not a lot he could do at the moment in time. If he disqualifies Slaughter, 
means he keeps championship. You don't want that. And it means USA lose. Yeah. And you've seen tonight the majority of the faces have come through. Uh, but Hogan might be down and out on the outside, getting choked out by the uh, cable that's running around the ring. And Slaughter knows Hogan has to beat him, not the other way around. Absolutely. But it looks like Slaughter's purposely trying to get disqualified so that he gets to retain his title and keep the belt around his waist. But the referee's not having any of it. He's not playing Slaughter's games. Well, he'll play, like I said, play into the hands of him. Now, Slaughter working the back. A nice backbreaker by Slaughter, and he seems to have uh, got back in control. Did he get the pin then? No, it was only a two count. The referee's two. lowering Slaughter's hand, saying, no, it was a two. You haven't won yet. Well, Slaughter wants a quicker count. Hogan's starting to slowly get back into this match. And fans desperate for him to get back to his feet. And there's been a great game plan by Slaughter. He knew he's going to have to uh, get by the early onslaught of Hogan. But he's done that. He's got complete control. As he drags a nearly lifeless Hogan back to the ring, middle of the ring. The thing is, Slaughter, as well, the submissions that he can use, you know, he might not be able to pin Hogan. He might not tap out. But if, what about if he passes out? And that's what the referee's job's there. Well, he's trying to do everything he can to turn Hogan over. So get him in a Boston Crab. Hogan is very close to that bottom rope. Hogan's so close to the ropes. Feels like a million miles away at the moment. Well, twice Hogan's tried to power out of it and twice he's been unsuccessful. So he just goes for the easy option and grabs the bottom rope. That show you how great a face Hogan is that he wants to power out rather than using the rope? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you know, his wrestling ability, yeah, you know, it isn't the greatest. He does only have about half a dozen moves. But... His storytelling is absolutely phenomenal. You know, you, you know, every single person in that crowd is feeling for Hogan. You know, every single person wants him to get up, wants him to hit that big boot, wants him to hit that leg drop. And now Slaughter going up and taking a risk himself. Flicking his sweat at the referee. Oh, and just stomping on the back of Hogan. Well, Adnan's distracting the referee when his man's trying to get a pin. Well, what's that about? He's costing his own man now. But no, Hogan powers out there. Well, Hogan's not down yet. Well, he's not out yet even, so he's down at the moment. Slaughter's got another chair. And just cranks it over the ball, bounce of the Hulkster. Going in for the cover now. One, One two. two. No, but Hogan kicking out and sitting up. Uh. And now he's busted oh. wide open. A crimson mask. Hogan giving blood, sweat and tears to the cause. Hogan says he bleeds for the US of A. And now Slaughter looking to end Hogan. And there you go, camel clutch in. And this is how Slaughter has finished many matches in his career. And Hogan, with the amount of blood loss, just might pass out. A knee to the back and a couple of stomps to the back. Maybe that softened Hogan up a bit more for him to put the camel clutch back in. And Hogan may be out. No, he's coming to life. Oh, he's trying to fight up. Slaughter's got all his weight on the back of Hogan. That's not going to stop him. Oh, but Slaughter with a backslide sending Hogan stern and first into the turnbuckles. Slaughter now. Oh, my God. He's got the Iraqi flag and he's laying it over Hoekster. One, two. But Hogan kicked out very powerfully. Oh, he's got the flag. And he's ripping it. That's what he thinks of the Iraqi. And now Hogan's coming to life. Slaughter's shots are going unanswered. Here we go. He's hulking out. You. Right hand blocks. And now three right hands by Hogan. Irish whip. Big boot. 
Leg drop. Goes for the cover. One, two, two three. three. And we have a new WWF champion. Red, white and blue. It is Hulk Hogan. Does it yet again. Dan, what are your thoughts on that? Um... Yeah, you know, Hulk Hogan, you, you kind of knew it was inevitable. It was written for him to get victor- get the victory. Um, but the way, you know, it still makes you feel good the way it played out. You know, Hogan had his back against the wall. He was going against not only Sergeant Slaughter, but Sergeant Slaughter's manager as well. And, you know, he overcome, not just for Hulk Hogan, not just for the Hulkamaniacs, but for the red, white and blue of all America. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And that was WrestleMania 7 we see with Hulk Hogan celebrating the belt. Dan, what are your final thoughts of WrestleMania 7 then? Yeah, it's um, it's very... It's got a lot of great moments in it. You know, there's a lot of wrestlers that you see very early on in their careers. And, you know, you know they're going to make it big. Um, and, yeah, you know, it's, it's a real feel-good WrestleMania. Without doubt, like I said, a really underrated WrestleMania. A couple of great moments in there. Of course, the match between Macho Man and the Warrior. And even the main event is quite enjoyable with the undercard as well. Uh, But that is it. Like I say, our next episode will be NXT Update. With no takeover, we'll try and update you on the situation. Situation. Uh, But that is it. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at WNETReview or... At Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at John Score Rose. Across all the Google platforms, send us an email to double podcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at double podcast on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. And come and find our page and give us a like with a WNR podcast. And come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WNR Podcast, for the latest clips on their podcast. We've got the same time on YouTube. There are places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're on Speak Radio. We're going to have our live shows. Stitch Radio and iTunes. We can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. But that is it. It's Hulk Hogan waves old glory. Dan's mystery mania has been completed. And like I said, our next episode is NXT Update. Take care, everybody. And until next time, I have been Jay Rollins. And as always, always joined by... Dan Mike. Thanks for listening and bye. Bye. <laughs>